0: It's the 7th of June on theconstantinvestor.com. I'm James Brandis, and I'm speaking with Peter Shaw from the Constant Investor community. Peter, can you tell us a bit about yourself? You run your own business, is that right?
1: That's right, James. I've been running that for... My wife and I have been running it for over 20 years. We started it when we were early early on married in life, and then um, as time's gone on, it's grown grown to be about 16, 17 staff, and uh, we're well settled into that now
0: and it's landscaping, isn't it?
1: Yes. Yeah, so we started off in landscape construction, then we moved into garden maintenance, so there's a little team doing that, and now just recently we've started garden design with a handful of people doing that. Um, and across the board, sort of we try and pick up customers early on through the design process, build the gardens, and then uh, aim to retain them as in our know, maintenance program, which sort of keeps, keeps ticking on year in and year out.
0: And you're on the surf coast in Victoria. Do you still manage to spend some time outdoors or are you stuck indoors with all with running the company? Well,
1: during the day I'm inside, apart from my lunchtime walk. But um, being on the surf coast, Anglesey, we've got plenty of opportunity to get out in the water and on the tracks. And I run and things like that, so that keeps me pretty... Pretty healthy and fit. a lovely spot to be. And Mm.
0: when we named the constant investor, we were thinking about the constant gardener. Do you see much similarity between investing and gardening?
1: Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. The more time you focus on it, the the better the results are. Patience. There's so many similarities. It's not funny. Um, Luck, uh, weather. Everything <laughs> has an impact on you. Uh, the headwinds. So that's a <laughs> headwinds. That's right. Yeah.
0: How are you invested? Where are your investments?
1: Oh, so I have um, a relatively modest, but nonetheless reasonably healthy share portfolio that we started years ago when we were younger and decided to get into shares instead of property. We sold a family home and started buying shares, and then decided when a family started to come that that wasn't the best move and went back into you know, residential or our own property and so we ha- I had these residual shares that we didn't ever sell and they literally sat in the back drawer for probably 10 years and I knew they were there and I kind of kept an eye on them and they paid a few dividends and then I started paying attention to them about seven years ago and I thought oh they'd moved a bit and then played with them a bit more and shifted things a bit more and now it's you know while well, looking at it and uh, taking notice of it and getting some advice whether it. it's grown grown to you know, be a decent amount to look after, um, and it keeps me interested in it. So shares and then I have a um, within our structure, I have a, a one residential property as well uh, as an in investment property.
0: When you said you gave up on the family home and invested in shares, do you mean you took the the option of renting and and having the shares as your investment rather than the house?
1: Yes, yeah, did, and we had that, We had an um, investment property at that time as well. And did that so work?
0: We, I've often heard about that theory, but the, I guess the theory is you spend less on rent and whatever you save uh, from a mortgage, you invest that money uh, in the share market.
1: Yeah, I think in theory it would work, but we were at the wrong stage. We were in our early 20s and we hadn't really thought that much about it. It was a bit of a whim. And we needed to get out of the house for a whim because we were, had outgrown that from a storage business, early days business point of view, where we had things in sheds. So we were sort of forced to move. So I, I don't, for a family, I didn't, don't think it's a great idea with the rent. Now that you know 20 years has passed and with rental demand so high and you know the quality of rentals where we are is limited to sometimes beach shacks that are really cold in winter and hot in summer or you're paying you know, equal to what a mortgage would be for something pretty decent. So I'm, I'm glad we didn't stick to that four kids and a busy life, we couldn't have afforded to be moving around and not have certainty. So the certainty and the growth in the house since we bought it was sort of underpinned our business, underpinned our investing anyway. So I don't think it's the right move um, or it hasn't been in the past. Maybe it is now with probably being a bit higher and being less reachable for people. But certainly at the time, um, it seemed like a good idea, but I'm glad we didn't stick to it, to be honest.
0: And your share portfolio is geared, isn't it?
1: Yes, I'm about 50% geared.
0: Now, Alan Kohler and James Kirby were talking about geared investing in the Money Cafe recently uh, and almost nobody does it. That was what they surmised. I mean, everybody's negatively geared on property but not Mm -hmm. on investments. What's the benefit for you?
1: Just being able to have better leverage. Like I watch it and I'm careful what I put it into. Um, And Again, I'm self-taught, so I'm learning as I go and um, I haven't made... Any mistakes in this area yet? Um, not that I'm planning on it, so I haven't sort of had any of those big losses you can hear about that get magnified because of the gearing. But it has helped me move up, and I've been able to see how, particularly when you buy something that's reasonably solid, like one of the banks or um, you know maybe BHP or something, that it gives you more leverage. So the you know the more you buy, the greater the leverage is. But I'm very careful with it; I don't treat it lightly, and I'll watch it a fair bit. And uh, I haven't had to make any drastic moves, but I, I would rather do that than than look at losses. Um, so yeah, I'm I've got my toe in the water, and it's not a you know massive amount, but I'm happy to keep trying, and I'd like to get better at it. I think.
0: And what sort of companies do you have in your portfolio?
1: So I've got I've got um, a company called APA, which is Australian Pipeline. Um, Group or something like that, sorry I'm not quite familiar with the name, Australian APA Group, so they're a gas line company. So they're one, they're one we bought in two years ago, they were a spin-off from AGL and we ended up hanging on to them and they were the ones that sort of just increased and increased over time that I'd kind of forgotten about. So they, I'm actually quite heavily weighted in those, I'm thinking of moving a few on. Um, I've got Commonwealth Bank, I've tried uh, McGrath Real Estate, I have some um uh medical marijuana stocks so mmj and they've sort of bumped about a bit had a bit of interest a couple of months ago and then sort of fizzled down a bit but i'm still sitting in a reasonable position with those i've got medibank private so the medibank and uh commonwealth and APA are sort of my underpinning ones um and i've tried skydive the beach so that's just sort of sitting i've only recently got into that and one that hasn't done so well is santos I'm sort of sitting on a bit of a loss with that, but I'm happy to sit that out and see what happens over the next year or so with that one.
0: It sounds like you're getting some good tips from the Constant Investor.
1: Yes, there's a few. The Scott Island Beach, and um, yep, no, I listened with interest. I probably wish I had have got some um, zero a couple of, oh, about a month ago. They oh yeah, down to sixteen dollars, and we use zero, and I like zero, and I have happened to have run into a few of the people that run the company in a. You know, on a run that I did, I met met one of the guys that was sort of fairly high up, and I'm really interested in that. And we use it, and I like it, and it's got the potential. So, anyway, we might still do that.
0: Yeah, it was interesting. uh, Alan's interview with um, with Zero last week, where they were saying that at its peak, uh, accounting software really only. just touched the market there was not massive market penetration so on top of replacing the accounting software that exists they've got this huge market to to reach out to
1: it feels like it has got the potential to grow a lot the user base so and i enjoyed that interview and i actually happened not not so long ago listened to the previous one not when it first came out but sometime later so the the gap between the two interviews wasn't long for me so I could sort of remember some of the questions that Alan asked in the first one, and then follow up questions on how they had reached some of their targets. So I'm interested in that. I've got teenage children that have um, got jobs, so I'm encouraging them. One's had some shares for a while and has done okay. And one has recently reluctantly handed over um, a couple of thousand dollars to <laughs> me to make a decision. So I feel pretty frightened by that, actually, I think. Oh. But then again- oh, I it. Yeah, he doesn't want to lose it. So it's probably going to be a guaranteed result for him. He'll either get his 2000 back or he'll get, and I'll keep what, whatever i brought for him if it hasn't matured well for him when he's ready, which is sort of five or six years, um, or he'll do quite well. So it's, he hasn't got anything to lose, I don't think. Yeah, you <laughs>
0: got on him. That sounds like a great way to start.
1: It does. <laughs> yeah. Now,
0: you, you say your weaknesses are being self-taught and time poor. So how did you mm. teach yourself?
1: Actually, one of the questions you asked last week to the the community member was how did he first start um, being interested in investing? And I knew straight away, I went straight back to when I was a kid travelling in the car on a Saturday morning and listening to Bruce Bond on 774 or three oh or whatever it was at the time. And I think that's when I first started becoming interested when I was really, really young. And then as time went on, I didn't take that much notice of it when i was sort of in my 20s but probably more so just read books um listen to podcasts and um you know read information where i can and i'm just interested on the weekends to look at and read it read charts and things and see how things have gone and when i've got more time i feel like i can absorb it well so yeah probably just reading and occasionally chatting to people but it's not a widely talked about subject you know depending on where you travel but um, so when I do get a chance to chat to people, I like it and find out what they're into and what they're trying and, um, and I guess just time has brought, brought some of that. And do you have any
0: favorite investing books that you've read?
1: The um, Rich Dad Poor Dad one from years ago. I haven't reread that for a while, but I really liked that. Um, none others spring to mind because I'm not a big reader, but I certainly pick up bits and pieces from um, you know, some of the fundamentals that um, um, Warren Buffett and things like that. So I may not have read the whole book, Paul Clifford's book. Some of his have been good. Um, so yeah, just a few of those those ones. But I I don't sort of go out and buy lots, and because time to read is difficult.
0: And what would, what would you do if you had more time?
1: Um, I would probably. Start trading and looking for the opportunities where I can get in at a lower price and just get out at a higher price. so look for those short-term um, opportunities where something might drop down because of some bad news, but you just know it's going to come back again in time, or you hope it's going to come back again in time, or you use the the wisdom you've got. Um, that's what I would do to be able to watch and look for something, and then because my habit is I'll look three weeks later and think, oh, zero's gone up to $25 this week, what happened? And then look back and realize there's been a few announcements and a few different things happened and the last time I was looking, they were 16 or 17 or something. And I thought, oh, I might, might move on that. And I don't do anything, and I feel like I've missed that. So I find that a bit, that's probably my downside to get caught up in that hype a bit. So yeah, if I had more time, I'd watch more and look for those opportunities with smaller amounts and build on it from there. What's your investing goal? just to really create, you know, I'm not focused totally on money, there's lots of other things in life, but I really want to try and create something outside of my everyday business, because, you know, that can come and go, and I may not do that forever, so with property and the shares, to have something that's ticking away in the background that I can spend a little bit of time on during the day or during the week, as time goes on, one day will be worth more to us, that uh, we can perhaps rely on that a bit more than Rather than not paying attention to that till it's too late, so really to be able to just have them sitting there so that when um, you know, when we need to, we could you know, cash in and take money or live off, or have have the dividends contribute to you know a better income down the track.
0: Do you feel like you're on track
1: with that that in mind? Yes, it's a slow process, and you you sometimes think you've made the right choices, and sometimes you think you haven't, but um. Yeah, no, I do think I'm on track. I probably, um, I think I might have mentioned I'd like more time to sort of shape up and you know get those goals at the forefront of every decision. So when I make decisions, I'm reminded why am I doing this again? Oh, that's right, I need to do it this way. Um, I probably tend to be in a different space because I'm doing it over such a long period of time. Um, and I probably tend to get a bit caught up in, you know, a bit of hype and news at times and think, oh, that'd be interesting to, to try and then but sometimes some of those things end up with nothing. So could i it be tempted to keep, or, or try keep away from some of that or not react from that rather than and stick back to what the goal is. So, yeah, I'm getting there. I'm getting there.
0: That's great. Thanks, Peter. It's been great talking to you, and I, I hope your son's investment goes well. So do I. Thank you. <laughs> Peter Shaw is a member of the Constant Investor community, and this is theconstantinvestor.com.